with me to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, amen. Galatians, the third chapter. And I want to, um, I want to uh, give you again uh, verses 13 and 14 from the New King James Version. And then I want to go back and read several verses leading up to these two verses from the Passion Translation. From the Passion Translation. Amen. Now, um, let, me, let me talk to you for a moment um, before we read these verses, okay? My heart is, is really full uh, this morning, and um, uh, part of that, I think, is, it has to do with the new year. Uh, part of it, if I could just be honest with you, is, is I usually preach and teach two or three hours a day, and I, I haven't been doing that now for a couple of weeks, so I'm excited about the opportunity to, uh, to get to share some things uh, with people who are hungry for, for the truth and the, and the Word of God. I promise not to try to make up for lost time on you this morning, um, but um, you often hear me say um, this phrase, the inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life. The inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life. What we're talking about here is everything that's true about you inwardly becoming obvious outwardly and becoming something that you enjoy and experience in your physical life reality. The Bible teaches a distinct difference between the inward man and the outward man. That inward man of the heart, um, that's true of women as well. Amen. I don't mean to, uh, there's two kinds of men, men who have a womb and men who do not. So there's womb men, and then there's just men. Amen. So we're talking about mankind here. So the, the inward man and the outward man. We have become so conditioned by our outward experiences that things outwardly tend to dominate the formation of our thoughts and beliefs. And the Bible calls that being carnally minded. When our thoughts, our beliefs, our opinions are being formed by what's going on and what has gone on in the world around us. This is why the Bible says do not be conformed to this world. And the image there is pressure being applied to a pliable substance. Think uh, of, of hands uh, on uh, pliable soft clay uh, and how the pressure from the outside forms that clay and, and molds it into uh, you know, whatever the pressure applied uh, desires. And he said that to born again believers, there is pressure from the outside, from this outward part of us um, being applied to us 
And if we do nothing to stop it, that outward pressure will form within us inward mindsets. It'll, it'll form within us um, our thoughts, opinions, and beliefs. And so this is why he tells us in Romans 12 that we can't be conformed, but instead we must be transformed by the renewing or the reconditioning or the reforming of our thoughts, our opinions, our mindsets, our beliefs. Amen. Now, when we say that the inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life, the Bible teaches that you became something through the new birth that is not fully evident yet in your outward expression of life. In other words, when you were born again, you became righteous. When you were born again, you became free. When you were born again, you became blessed. When you were born again, you became uh, not only healed, but when you were born again, healing became so much a part of you that you can transmit healing to other people by laying your hands on them. And all of this is true about you right now if you've been born again. But you can't live outwardly beyond your thinking. You, you, you can't live outwardly beyond your beliefs, beyond your mindsets, because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we see that on the one hand, we've been born again, we've been given rest, is another, we could go on, this list could go on and on and on. We covered a lot of these on last Sunday evening. But all of this has become true about you inwardly, but because we still tend to think more in alignment with, more in agreement with the outward man instead of the inward man, we tend to still live more like that outward man instead of living in agreement with, in alignment with, or as Romans says, according to that inward man. We're living according to the flesh because our minds are set upon the things of the flesh. When God has created us and recreated us in Christ Jesus to now live according to the Spirit, according to the inward man, and according to everything that's true now about that inward man. But again, if that's ever going to happen, if we're ever going to experience and enjoy that, be blessed by that and bless others by that way of, of life and living, it's going to require a renewing, a reconditioning, a reforming of our minds, of the way that we think. Amen. Now, we began towards the end of 2019, talking about um, being blessed and, and what the Bible teaches about our being blessed and, and that Father originally created mankind to be blessed. We see that He created Adam in His image and His likeness to look like He looks, to function like He functions. And then the very next thing it says in Genesis, and God blessed them. Amen. God blessed Adam. He was created and then he was blessed. And we could even say it this way, that you were created by God to be blessed by him. We then followed it through other passages. We, we've looked at it in the, in the New Testament where we see that Jesus didn't just come to forgive us for our sins, but the Bible says that he came to bless you. He came to, to, to put a blessing back upon you. 
And we've learned over the course of our study that blessing is more than something you, you say over a, a quick prayer over a meal or it's more than something you say after somebody sneezes, but that it's an, it's an actual force from heaven um, upon people here on the earth. Um, it's, it's supernatural enhancement, supernatural enablement, supernatural empowerment, where heaven literally empowers you to prosper, where heaven literally empowers you to be successful, where, where, where heaven enables you to overcome and, and brings supernatural enhancement. The Bible says to everything you put your hand to. Um, some of you have put your hand to marriage. Some of you have put your hand to child raising. Some of you have put your hand to, 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 to career and business and education and, and, and different things. The blessing of the Lord is not just meant to empower you, uh, you know, when you're at church uh, to enjoy uh, worship and, and preaching. Uh, the, the, the blessing upon your life um, is meant to, to enable you and empower you to succeed in, in studies. Amen. Um, it, it, it's, it's an advantage, uh, young people, in taking a test at school. Amen. It, it, the, the Holy Spirit and, and the blessing of the Lord uh, upon your life. And so we've learned in the course of our study that, that when... Adam and Eve sinned that the, the, they lost that blessing. And, and you could even make a case that the, that the story throughout the Bible has been God's efforts to restore us back into right standing with Himself, restore us uh, back into oneness with Him, and then Him placing that blessing back upon you placing that blessing back upon me. Now, listen to me again, please, because I, I know we've been over some of these things so many times, but we're either planting this or we're watering it. Amen. And I know that a lot of times you're just in deep thought when I'm, when I'm speaking, and, and, and i got, I got to do a better job of preaching by faith and not try to read your faces or your reactions or your responses to things, okay? Um, amen. And that's, I'm, I've been doing that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better at it even in, in this new year. But there, there is a, a level of excitement where these things are concerned that I feel like is missing in some of us, if I can just be honest with you about that. Um, there, in other words, this should be among the greatest news you've ever heard. Amen. This, this should be news that, that revolutionizes, listen to me now, your life because it revolutionizes the way you see things moving forward. It's sad to me because, and, and again, we've, we've covered this in our study. Some of this is review. Some of this we're mixing in new stuff with it. But it's sad to me that so many people have more confidence in the curse than they have in the blessing that's upon their lives. And all the different superstitions that people have, um, the, you know, the good luck, charms, again, all of, all of these things are expressions of people's confidence in the... In, like, we... 
we see where people feel like if they talk about how good something is going in their lives, that just by saying that, it's going to turn the tables back to negative. Right? You walk up in the middle of a project and you talk about at work, you know, oh man, has anybody besides me noticed how smooth this thing's going? Anybody besides me noticed that we're ahead of schedule under budget? And watch somebody turn around and say, brother, you just jinxed us. You just jinxed us. See, that's, that is someone who has more confidence in the curse than they have in God's ability to bless. And this is, this is um, uh, strategic from the enemy because the Bible says we've been redeemed from the curse so that the blessing of Abraham can come upon us and the scriptures say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. So now notice that anytime someone starts, you know, confessing that they're blessed, notice, whoa, you're going to jinx it. You know, you, you, there you go, talking about it. Right? You know, they'll, they'll say something. I, I like to watch college football, you know, and they'll say, Man, this quarterback hadn't thrown an interception in, in 25 games, right? And, and, and people think it, people think it, or, the, or the, the color analyst sitting beside him will say, well, you just jinxed him. You know, he'll probably throw one in his next pass, right? Notice, again, it happens, right? And so if, if we're going to experience and enjoy the blessing that we've already received. See this, back to that inward reality becoming an outward expression of life. My brother, my sister, you are so blessed. You, you, you are blessed beyond anything that you could tell this morning because you were blessed beyond anything you understand yet this morning. You have no idea. In other words, if we were to go around the room and, and, and I'm sure every person in here could share some story or, or a, a recent account or detail from their life um, where, you know, something good happened. And, and I thank God for every bit of that. But what I'm talking about right now, the Bible says the Holy Spirit Himself is the only one who is able to help you understand the things that have already been given to you. It goes beyond anything you have even scratched the surface of yet. Amen. And it's not just enough for us. Listen to me, please. It's not just enough. And I pray that it's, let me say it this way. It's not enough for me as a servant leader of this, this family of faith for us to just know about these things or talk about these things because Father wants you to experience and enjoy His blessing upon your life in your life reality. Now, in the days ahead, we're not going to go there this morning. We may get there tonight. I don't know. But, but in the days, of, days ahead, we're going to break down what the Bible means when it, when it talks about inheriting the promise or inheriting the blessing. And because we think we know what that word inherit means in, in our uh, culture and in our modern day society, we, we miss what the Bible is saying there when it speaks of, of you inheriting the blessing or inheriting the promise. And the promise is 
God promised to bless you. The word inherit means to take possession of what's already yours. To take possession of something that already belongs to you. Is it possible for something to belong to you that you have not yet taken possession of? And the answer is yes, it is. And so the blessing of the Lord is something that belongs to you. It's been given to you. Amen. But now it's time for us to lay hold of that. It's it's time for us to take possession. And again, this is what we mean by the inward reality becoming an outward expression. But in order for that to take place in a practical, experiential way in your life, amen, there has to be a renewing of the mind. There has to be a reconditioning, a reforming of the way that we think. Amen. Let me, and I know I've done this different ways over the years. I'm not, I'm not going to try to do the, the expanded version of this. But if, if, you, if you can just imagine for a moment in your mind, the deepest part of you, you know, three circles, the deepest part of you being your spirit, your born-again spirit, the part of you that was born again and made one with God, and that, that right now, if, if, we could, if, if we could all step outside of, of our bodies and every person in this room that's been born again, uh, if we could all step outside of our bodies, you would look just like Jesus this morning. Do you know that? You, you, because you're, you've already been made like Him. You've already been born of, of His seed, capital S-E-E-D. All right? But then working outwardly from there, the next circle would be the part of you the Bible calls your soul. And your soul is the part of you that thinks and feels and makes choices, your mind, emotions, and will. Are you with me? Do you see it? The deepest part, then the next part is your soul, your mind, uh, emotions, and will. And then the third part of you is your outward man, your physical body, your flesh. Okay? And so this is, the, this is the part, when I say the inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life, this is the part where I'm talking about what's true about you inwardly um, shining through uh, you outwardly, where, where you're experiencing on this dimension of your existence, your physical dimension, what's already true and what's already been given to you at that deepest dimension of your existence. What's already true in your spirit becoming experientially true in your, in your life, in your, in your physical life reality. Are you following me? Listen, I, if, if there is, you know, obviously we preach and teach about a whole bunch of things here. You know, the, the Bible is our textbook. Amen. But when we, when we talk about a gospel that was given to Paul or, you know, the message that, that was given to him, you know, God gives different messages in different seasons to different people. Um, what I'm saying to you right now is one of the main things I was put on planet Earth to teach people. I, I don't, I'm not trying to brag or puff myself up or anything like that. I'm just trying to tell you that this, this is 
this is something central to, to my calling. Amen. Um, certainly, you know, we had folks born again last Sunday. What a wonderful way to, to, to close out 2019. Amen. And, and, and I pray that we'll have more folks born again today. Um, and I, I thank God. You know, there's, there's so many churches, so many pastors, so many ministers that, you know, the focus of their ministry is, is getting people born again. And, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for uh, all the many folks that we've seen born again here at, at Heritage over the years, other places the Lord has enabled me to minister at the foundry. Um, we, we, um, we, we are consistently seeing people born again at the foundry, right? But Jesus didn't just say, go make converts. He said, go make disciples. Are you with me this morning? He didn't just say, go get people saved. But once you preach the gospel of the kingdom to them, including the gospel of salvation, right? Then you've got to teach them and, and train them and, and, and help disciple. That's this word disciple. It's, it's, it's talking about, I define it different ways. For instance, Finding out who you became the day you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is discipleship, right? People have to be taught this. You, be, you became something and somebody through the new birth experience that unless somebody explains it to you and, and, and unless you get in the Word and find it for yourself, you'll never know who you are. Amen. And so I'm not just here to tell you who you are. I want to help you understand and renew your mind to this because, again, we tend to think more like the person we were than the person we became. This is why we still struggle to live like the person that we, that we were instead of the person we became is because we think more like the old man instead of the new. Amen. Now, I'm saying all that to say this, and I'm going to read the verse, and then we're going to take communion, right? Is that... That this is the, 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 the reconditioning, the reforming. All, all the things that we've experienced in this outward man, it's formed within us inward beliefs, inward thoughts. And now the Word of God, the Holy Word of God, and the Holy Spirit of God are wanting to work in your life and in mine to reform new beliefs, new, new opinions. See, so many people in the body of Christ today are struggling with this whole idea that they're blessed because they still see themselves, their opinion of themselves is one of a failure, one of a loser, one of a sinner, one of an addict, one of an abuser, one of, you follow what I'm saying? We, we, our, our opinion of ourselves formed by our, our past behaviors and mistakes, again, conformed, Amen. It's not, it's not who you are. That, that person is buried in an unmarked grave. When he said, put off the former man, that, in, in Ephesians 4, he said, put off the former man, and he specified the former man's conduct. Former man's already dead. The former man's already dead. His conduct tends to linger. Why? Because the influence that former man had on our thinking tends to linger. If we can get rid of that wrong thinking, we get rid of that wrong behaving. Whew. Man, but see, so many people struggle with 
with receiving this blessing by faith because they see themselves as someone who deserves to be cursed. They see themselves as someone who, who, who doesn't have blessing coming, but only negative things. But thank God. Amen. Last, if you weren't here last Sunday night, please listen to the message. It's free. Amen. As Keith Moore says, though, no cost means no excuse. Amen. Um, but the title of that sermon is, What Does an Innocent Man Deserve? What does an innocent man deserve? See, we know what a guilty man deserves, but what does an innocent man deserve? And then in that message, we explain how you've been made innocent at, at, at extreme cost to your Creator Father, but He made you innocent. Amen. Amen. Let me... And, and listen to me, please. I, well, let me just do this. Praise God. We'll talk about that. I'm going to go straight to the Passion Translation. Okay? I'm just going to read it, then we're going to pray and partake of communion. Is that okay? You good? All right. What has happened to you, Galatians, to be acting so foolishly? You must have been under some evil spell. Didn't God open your eyes to see the meaning of Jesus' crucifixion? Wasn't He revealed to you as the crucified one? So answer me this. Did the Holy Spirit come to you as a reward for keeping all the Jewish laws? No. You received Him as a gift because you believed in the Messiah. Your new life in the Anointed One began with the Holy Spirit giving you a new birth. Why then would you so foolishly turn from living in the Spirit by trying to finish by your own works. Have you endured all these trials and persecutions for nothing? Let me ask you again. What does the lavish supply of the Holy Spirit in your life and the miracles of God's tremendous power have to do with keeping religious laws? The Holy Spirit is poured out upon us through the revelation and power of faith, not by keeping the law. Abraham, our father of faith, led the way as our pioneering example. He believed God, and the substance of his faith released God's righteousness to him. So those who are the true children of Abraham will have the same faith as their father. God's plan all along was to bring this message of salvation to the nations through the revelation of faith. Long ago, God prophesied over Abraham, as the Holy Scriptures say, through your example of faith, all the nations will be blessed. And so the blessing of Abraham's faith is now our blessing too. But if you choose to live in bondage under the legalistic rule of religion, you live under the law's curse. For it is clearly written... Utterly cursed is everyone who fails to practice every detail and requirement that is written in the law. For the scriptures reveal, and it is obvious, that no one achieves the righteousness of God by attempting to keep the law. For it is written, those who have been made holy will live by faith. But keeping the law does not require faith, but self-effort. For the law teaches, if you practice the principles of law... You must follow all of them. Yet Christ, come on now, yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed it completely as He became a curse in our place. For it is written, everyone is, who is hung upon a tree is doubly cursed. 
Jesus, our Messiah, was cursed in our place and in so doing dissolved the curse from our lives so that all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon even non-Jewish believers. And now God gives us the promise of the wonderful Holy Spirit who lives within us when we believe in Him. Praise God. Amen. Singers and musicians, if you would, please come. Those who are going to serve communion, would you also come as well, please? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you would, everyone, just bow your heads for a moment. Jesus came to this earth as our substitute. He took the punishment that we deserved and then gave us the reward that He deserved. He gave us His right standing with the Father as a gift. We can't make ourselves right before God in the eyes of God by our own good works. The only way we can ever be right before God in the eyes of God is to receive that position, that righteousness, that right standing as a gift by faith. If you're here this morning and you've never been born again, amen, today is your day. The Bible says now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. You're here and you've never accepted for yourself what Jesus did for you and you'd like to receive that this morning. Could I just see your hand, please? Anyone? You say, Pastor Mark, I've never been born again, but today's my day. Anybody? Amen. All right, let me pray for us all. Father, thank you this morning for a new year, a new calendar, a new, new calendar year, Father. And, and Lord, on one hand, there's really nothing special about it, but on the other hand, there's everything special about it, Father. It's, it's a new beginning. Father, you prompt us within to look at ourselves, to look at our lives, to, to see what we need to change, what we need to adjust in the coming year. And so, Father, I thank you that you are leading us and directing us. And, and Father, no matter what it is, Lord, new and better thinking is the only thing that will sustain lasting change in any area of our lives. So help us, Father. Renew our minds to your truth and with your truth. Father, that we be reconciled to you in every way spirit, soul, and body. And Father, that we would see things more clearly this new year, um, more clearly than we've ever been able to see them before. Father, your word says that, that, that you unlock the disciples' uh, understanding um, so that they could understand your ways and, and your truth. And I pray that you would do that for us, Father, this new year. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, the brothers are going to come and serve you this morning. If you receive your emblems first, if you would, please hold them till everyone has been served and we'll all partake together. You do not have to be a member of Heritage Christian Center to partake of communion together with us. If you're a member of the body of Christ, you're, you're, you're one with us. And we'll, um, again, love for you to enjoy communion together with us.